Welcome to Locked On Blackhawks for Thursday, October 24th, 2019. It is Jay Zawoski, and it is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Got a lot to talk about today. Despite the Blackhawks not playing last night, Jeremy Cowton met the media at practice on Wednesday, had some very interesting things to say about the team going forward, the goalie situation, the third line, all sorts of things. So I'm going to bring you that audio from Wednesday's practice. Connor Murphy was placed on long-term injured reserve, and Dennis Gilbert's been called up. We'll talk about the impact of that move, and we'll take a look at the Philadelphia Flyers, who are in the United Center to face the Blackhawks tonight at 7.30. So before we get into that, I want to tell you guys how to get in touch with me at the podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at LO underscore Blackhawks. Of course, you can follow my personal account as well, at jzawoski670. I'm a lot more active on the personal account. I'm going to try to engage more on the lockdown account as it gets more followers. So follow that and I'll become more active on there. Maybe during games, I can sort of live tweet as games are going on. Uh, That could be something fun we can do down the road. So LO underscore Blackhawks for that account. Send me an email, lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com. And of course, leave a voicemail, 708-653-0572, 708-653-0572. I mentioned Connor Murphy going on long-term injured reserve. We're going to get to that. Another thing I want to talk about in this podcast today I think it's time to give Connor Murphy some credit and it's bad timing because he's hurt. And I think a lot of people have held the fact that Connor Murphy was traded for Nicholas Jalmerson against him. I ran some of the numbers, some of the side by side comps of Connor Murphy and Nicholas Jalmerson. And the difference between the two players is not as far as you might think. So stay tuned for that as well. But yes, the big news of Wednesday Connor Murphy on long-term injured reserve. Okay, what does that mean? Long-term injured reserve means the player is expected to miss a minimum of 10 NHL games and 24 days. So whatever's longer is how long Murphy will be on long-term injured reserve. So they expect him to miss some time. It's a pretty serious groin injury. Uh, He'll be back, but he's going to miss 10 games or 24 days uh, before they can even consider bringing him back. Dennis Gilbert's up. And one thing we sort of failed to address in Wednesday morning's podcast is the fact that Slater Cuckoo is still on the roster. Jeremy Cowton acknowledged him on Wednesday in the post-practice press conference. It sounds like he might be the guy who draws in tonight against the Flyers. We'll find out more after the morning skate, of course, as we always do. But he has some good things to say about Slater Cuckoo's game that sort of indicate to me that he is in the plans to play. Dennis Gilbert's getting called up, but I don't think you have to worry about if Gilbert's up, him not being in the lineup every night. He's not as high of a prospect as a Boquist or a Doc where if they're here, they have to be playing because their development depends on it. I don't think Gilbert falls into that category. So if they want to go with Slater Cuckoo tonight, I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, But let's talk about this. Connor Murphy, who was traded uh, three years ago uh, to the Blackhawks for beloved Nicholas Jalmerson and Nicholas Jalmerson is one of my favorite Blackhawks ever there's no doubt about it uh love the guy he is everything that uh you know the stereotype Blackhawk is supposed to be he was an unsung hero of those Stanley Cup teams uh an absolute warrior on the ice and I'm not going to say that it was a trade that should have happened I'm not going to say that Connor Murphy is better than Nicholas Jalmerson but when we take a look at the numbers side by side It's a lot closer than you might think. Both guys, and this is what started this conversation today, both guys have battled injury since the trade. 
Murphy's been hurt. Jalmerson's been hurt. I just told you Murphy was placed on long-term injured reserve. Nicholas Jalmerson's going to miss three months with a broken leg. So they're both out right now. So what are the odds that the two defensemen traded for each other have both played 134 games since that trade? Identical. They've been hurt for the exact amount of time as the other. So that's kind of crazy. When we look at the advanced statistics, and again, anytime I talk about Corsi or Fenwick or any of these advanced stats on the podcast, if you don't understand them, go to the show description, follow that link to Natural Stat Trick, and it will teach you what all these are about. Basically, what they are is shot attempts. It's measuring shot attempts. So these are all five on five, by the way, not including special teams. Connor Murphy's Corsi 4 is 51.58. Nicholas Jalmerson's is 49. Pretty even. Right, not a crazy gap between the two guys. Fenwick, Murphy has a 50.93 to 50.23 advantage. Total shots for 11.48 for Murphy, 11.03 against Murphy, 10.16 for and 10.16 against for Jalmerson. So totally even, it's 51% for Connor Murphy. This team shot attempts for and team shot attempts against, not overall for the player. The big advantage Jalmerson has over Murphy is is in expected goals against. Murphy is 82.38. Nicholas Jalmerson is 78.81. And I don't think there's any question that Nicholas Jalmerson is a better defender than Connor Murphy. I don't, I'm not making that argument. But people who are sort of just dumping on Connor Murphy for not being what he was expected to be, it's, just, it's, just tr- it's not true. The other aspect of this is Nicholas Jalmerson is 32 years old. He's an older defenseman with a lot of mileage on him. Connor Murphy is six years younger. So if anything, you're just sort of extending the break-even point. I just, look, I'm not going to die on the hill that Connor Murphy is as good as Nicholas Chalmerson because I don't think he is. But to say that there's no comparison, to say that Connor Murphy has not been good enough or that he's been a failure or that the trade's been a bust simply isn't true. It's just not true. Connor Murphy has performed well. He's been your most reliable defenseman defensively this season I read you the numbers on Wednesday morning about how much better Duncan Keith is with Connor Murphy and how they are the only pair on the Blackhawks that are over 50 percent in possession this season Kelvin Hahn stepped up and finished the game with Keith and was okay they did okay but down a defenseman with Vegas attacking trying to get that tying goal and Jeremy Collin addresses that in his post-practice press conference too that's really hard to say I had to say it like four times and edit the mistakes out. <laughs> Someday I'll just post an unedited Lockdown Blackhawks and you guys can see truly how big of a hack I am. I got a tweet from somebody today saying, wow, you really never say um or uh. I say um or uh a lot. I just go back and take them out. <laughs> so the big problem for me, and I've, I talked about this last week, is saying the day right. Because I record this the day before, it posts the next morning. So I have this problem of saying today, tonight... When I'm actually talking about what the listener will hear as the day before, I literally have written on a bulletin board in front of me, specific day, and I have tonight written, and it's crossed out. But then the challenge is, when they have a game tonight, like the Blackhawks do on Thursday, I have to refer to that game as tonight. So it's very backwards. I guarantee you, if you listen to every Lockdown Blackhawks, you'll find at least two or three incidents of me saying tonight, referring to the day before. (laughs) it happens all the time i try to catch them all but i almost always miss at least one or two 
It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And after practice on Wednesday, Jeremy Cowton met the media. Uh, he talked for about eight minutes. I'm not going to share the whole thing with you, but a couple things stood out to me that I wanted to share. He talks about the defensive situation now with Connor Murphy out, with Slater Cuckoo potentially playing. Uh, talks about the uh, challenges of moving from the left to the right side and vice versa on defense. Talks about his plan with the goalies moving forward or sort of doesn't talk about those. And then a, is asked about uh, Brandon Saad and his success and if his good play is tempting him to move him off that third line. Give it a listen. This is Jeremy Cowan, courtesy of ChicagoBlackhawks.com. What can Cuckoo bring if he slides back into the lineup? Yeah, I think we liked him in his, the games that he played. Um, plays a simple game, not afraid to get into battles and be physical. And, uh, you know, again, just be as simple as he can, play direct, make make clean plays whenever he can. He's a good skater, tight gap, you know, all the same things we ask of everyone. He's capable of doing that too, and I, I think he will. Do, do you ask the guys that they're comfortable on the right side, or do you just kind of assume that anyone can play on that? Uh, no, I mean, that's conversations that you have. Um, you know, kind of depends on this. If, if we have multiple options, then maybe we're going to um, weigh uh, heavier their their opinion. I mean, if we need someone to play on the right, they're going to have to play on the right. It's kind of the situation. Do you see a challenge to that, or is it is it that I don't know? I think it's just experience. Uh, the more you do it, the better you feel. Uh, we always use Gus as an example. Like he barely played the right at all uh, when we had him in Rockford, and then we, we moved him over there, and then all of a sudden he likes the right better. So um, sometimes it's just having the opportunity to do it and feel more comfortable there's a few different the the reads can be a little different uh, your puck plays are a little different you just have it you see you see you get a different look um, and the more you're in those situations the more comfortable you feel you mentioned last week that the, the starts and goal were kind of mapped out does that map continue to now or are we still in that time period uh well i think what i said was i'm not going to give you the road map <laughs> not that there necessarily was one um, we do plan ahead uh, somewhat, sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I go day to day, sometimes I go week to week. Um, my answer hasn't changed there. We got two real good goalies and we feel comfortable with both. So the, the challenge is to, we want to make sure they both get enough work to stay sharp. And that competition, I think, is going to make them both perform at a real high level. If like, I think it's really hot, though, as Robin has, can you take the net for a while? Not closing any doors. Identity, uh, about a month into the season mm. here. Where, where do you see it being right now? What do you want it to be? Well, I think we're getting closer. Uh, last game, you know, defensively, we're much tighter. And I think a lot of that was the work from the forwards. Uh, excellent back pressure, um, much better support in defensive zone. We weren't flying away from, from the battle or flying away from the slot or blowing the zone too early and that helps our defense a lot and helps our low forward a lot to have that extra safety in behind and uh, you know it, it allows the D to be more aggressive down low and, and to get a stop and then get a, help us get out of D zone quicker then we don't end up spending as much time there so um, that's something that work ethic away from the puck from our forwards is is much improved and uh, we're going to need it to continue to improve. Yeah, well, especially uh, early in the game, I thought the third period we didn't do enough, uh, you know, especially after we killed the penalty. We'd love to establish some more zone time. We had a couple situations where 
We'd love to make a, a cleaner play ahead, find a way to drive it deep in the zone and spend some more time down there, give our D a break again, only having five. Um, but those are things we've we brought up and we're going to continue to improve. Happy with the compete, though. Yep, no question. I think they've competed really hard. Uh, we've been in every game. We're, we're not at our top level. Um, power play hasn't really got going yet, even though we've had our moments of where it looks good. Pucks haven't gone in the net. Um, we have a bunch of players who I think can produce way more than they have, and we're right in game. So we're going to continue to shore up the defensive side, and we're going to score the goals we need. I know you got a good thing going on the third line, but Prasad's uh, play, um, is he making you think about giving him another spin with, with Johnny? Not really. Uh, I think that line has been our best for, for some time, and, and that's a big part of, you know, we haven't scored in the power play. Uh, we haven't been, you know, as dynamic offensively as, as maybe we were in the past, but we've been in every game. And we've, when things have gone against us momentum-wise, that line in particular has been able to go out there and turn things back for us. And that's a pretty good formula for success long-term. Um, I'm, I, don't, I don't feel that the combinations are getting in the way of us having success um, in the top of our lineup. We just got to keep pushing, keep you know, working on our details away from the puck, and that'll create more offense for us. I don't know about you, but when I hear Jeremy Cowton speak, I feel better. He clearly has a plan, and every coach has a plan. I know it's it sounds sort of silly and naive, and I'm sort of acknowledging that, uh, but it's just... You can tell he puts thought into this stuff. You can tell that he's um, on top of things. And while his system maybe hasn't worked out as great as we'd all hope, it's nice to see that he's on top of it, that he's implementing it, that things are getting better. He seems to think things are getting better. And he's right. They've played better. They've been better defensively. For all the hand-wringing we did over the defense coming into this year, they've been okay. They've not been great. But the penalty kill has been better over the last handful of games. Now they're not scoring goals. But he said, we've got some high-end players that are not scoring. We're being carried by the lower part of our roster. And it is safe to assume, I hope it's safe to assume, that Jonathan Taves is going to be better than he's been. And that Patrick Kane will score goals with more frequency. And Alex DeBrinkett will start to score more. And Dylan Strom will start to score more. And Brandon Saad won't hit the post three times a game and all those things. So there's some more scoring coming. I think it's pretty easy to count on that. But uh, overall encouraged. It's just frustrating. And I talked about this on Wednesday's podcast. It's so frustrating that they played their two best games of the year and came away with just one point. It's just, it's really, really hard to figure out. It's really, really hard to feel good about because this is going to be such a tight race to the finish. And yeah, I think Colorado is going to run away with it. But all those other teams are going to be all bunched up around that wild card spot. And it's there for the taking. You've got Winnipeg with dealing with injuries and Dustin Bufflin sitting out and losing a ton of guys. You know, you've got Minnesota who's on the downswing. The the opportunity is there for the Hawks to take, not control, but to put themselves in better position. So some of these good performances need to be followed up with good results. And, and to me, that's been the most frustrating story of this season. It's Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Jay Zawoski here. Let's take a look at the Philadelphia Flyers who come into the United Center tonight looking to beat the Blackhawks for the second time this season. Philadelphia had lost four games in a row before their 6-2 to win 
over the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday. Taking a look at some of the statistics of their team, their leading scorer is Travis Konechny. Blackhawks fans remember him from his two-goal performance in Prague. He has four goals and six assists for 10 points. Oscar Lindblom has six points of his own. Sean Couturier with five. Ivan Provorov with five. Looking down the line, Claude Giroux has yet to score a goal this season for Philly. Keep an eye on him. He's got four assists, but has yet to score a goal. And in goal, Brian Elliott has outperformed Carter Hart so far this year. Carter Hart has a sub-90 save percentage, .890. He doesn't even have a shutout, so that's really sort of a, a startling uh, save percentage considering there's a shutout mixed in there. Brian Elliott, 2.55 goals against with a .925 save percentage. So he's been the better goalie uh, for the Flyers so far this season. Uh, but the Flyers are always a challenge to the Blackhawks. Always. They always seem to give them a tough matchup, and I expect tonight's game to be very much the same. I don't expect a huge shift in the forward lines for the Blackhawks. I think the way things have been going have been pretty successful. One thing I really want to see in tonight's game from the Blackhawks is more puck possession time from the Strom-Doc-Kane line. I know Doc got a goal, but he had one shot on goal. It just feels like even when you look at the end of the game and you look at the numbers that the Blackhawks have put up, it doesn't feel like they ever have the puck. Am I imagining that? Can someone like tweet me or email me or something and, and verify that for me? Because just you know, anecdotally, I don't feel like the Hawks ever have a lot of zone time. And they used to be more of a perimeter team, and maybe it's part of it now that they're more of a straight-ahead team that the shots are more one-and-done as opposed to controlling the puck in his own and working for that one perfect shot. It seems to be a little more playing for the rebound, playing for traffic in front and things like that, and that sort of doesn't lend itself to holding the puck as long as we're probably used to. But it just feels like they never have the puck. It's just a very odd phenomenon, and especially that line. The Kane, and you'd think, Patrick Kane, that line should be able to possess the puck very well. And I like the line. I think it's playing fine, but I want to see them hold the puck and have some more dominant shifts. That's one thing I'm really looking for in this game. And with the Hawks having those seven road, um, those seven home games in a row to start the season, they have the luxury of the last change. And even with that, they've not really had a high dominant possession game. They've had some that they've won the possession battle in, but there's not been really a dominant 60-minute effort. Again, the game against Vegas, the game against the Caps were very solid games, but by no means were they domination. Actually, the Golden Knights won the possession battle in uh, Tuesday night's game. So that's something I really want to see the Hawks do more of. I want to see them with the puck more, longer. And like Jeremy Cowton said in his comments from practice on Wednesday, controlling the puck takes pressure off your defense. And now that they're going to be playing without Connor Murphy, they've got to find a way to keep the puck in the zone longer. Because you can't lean on these guys anymore. You don't, you know, you can't, again, you can't play Duncan Keith for 28 minutes again. He played 28-03 on Tuesday night. That's why he was given a maintenance day on Wednesday. Patrick Kane was given a maintenance day Wednesday, as was Andrew Shaw. So, it's just not a formula for success. You might say double-shifting Patrick Kane all game is in the formula for success either, but they did it all last season, 
and he had a career year. I just don't know how long you can expect him to do either. But right now, the defense is so, so important. And you're going to have to see those minutes for those other guys go up a little bit. But look, last yesterday, Tuesday, Seabrook, Mata all played close to 20 minutes. DeHaan played 21 minutes. Gustafson played 19 minutes. Now, that's obviously a symptom of Murphy being out for the third period, but they've got to take some of the pressure off the defense, and the best way to do that is A, possess the puck, and B, stay out of the penalty box. These bad penalties they're taking are killer, and praise to Andrew Shaw for Tuesday night not taking a penalty the whole game. It's the first time all year, but you had Jonathan Taves, of all people, taking six minutes of penalties. That is not a good recipe. And even if you end up killing the penalties, you're still wearing out your defense and you're wearing out your checking forwards. And you need those guys. If they're burnt out, yeah, they might kill it, like I said, but what do they have left now that it's even strength, right? That's the that's the main thing I'm looking for. As tonight and going forward, I want to see the Hawks have more time with the puck on their sticks and less time uh, chasing defenders and chasing bouncing pucks. I will say, too, the United Center ice is not good. It's not been good for a long time. Uh, Dustin Bufflin, when he was here, publicly said it's the worst ice in the league. I don't know if that's true, but for all the things that John McDonough and Jay Blunk and his crew have gotten credit for, you'd think they could have found a way to improve the ice since they took over. You can t- That puck bounces all over the place. It's hard to control. It's hard to possess. You see it jump over sticks. You see it bouncing in the corners. It's hard to get a rhythm going in the game when the puck's bouncing every which way. I wonder if there's a way the Hawks could do it. I'm sure they've looked into it. I'm sure they've heard what the players have said and have tried to make it better. But you can see the frustration from the players sometimes. They've mentioned it here and there that the ice is not great. Uh, I wonder if that's something that the Blackhawks would consider really investing in, improving down the line. All right, that's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday. Thank you so much again for listening. By the way, I mentioned earlier in the week that there was some uh, special exciting news coming to Lockdown Podcast Network. I can announce it now. Herb Lawrence of 670 The Score is your new host for Locked On White Sox. That will start sometime next week. Herb is a great, lifelong White Sox fan. He's a hilarious guy. I'm really glad he got this opportunity. He's going to do a killer job at it. Uh, so follow him, Ecknerwall23. It's Lawrence backwards, Ecknerwall23. And when that Lockdown White Sox podcast launch, subscribe, rate, review, all the things you do for Lockdown Blackhawks. Herb will greatly appreciate it. So with that, going to wrap things up. Let's hope the Hawks can take two points away from the Flyers tonight and sort of uh, come out feeling better about this homestand because if they don't get two points tonight... Easy to, it's pretty simple to say that this was a failed homestand. I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>